Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Whether you like it or not, or whether it's your opinion... It was a healthy thing to have other sides to the story. The meanest thing that Canada Land has published so far was a post by Omar Moalem titled Everyone at Sun deserved to be fired. We ran that on the day that Sun News Television went under and 200 people lost their jobs. Now, I happen to disagree with Omar, but he made a fierce and compelling argument. You can read it on the site if you're curious what that is. I don't regret publishing his piece. I do feel shitty about it, though. I feel shitty because I wanted Sun to succeed. I wanted more jobs and more opinions in the media, and I also feel shitty because I couldn't help but kind of root for Sun News Television, not for their ideas, not for the opinions expressed, which, you know, frequently disgusted me as much as they did many people, but Sun News TV became the butt of so many jokes in Canada, particularly from their colleagues in the media, from people 
like myself, who hardly ever even watched it, except when Sun went so crazy overboard that an interview would go viral online and, and you'd watch it on YouTube and it would just be wildly mocked. Nobody gave these guys any love. When Post Media bought Sun, they took everything from the Sun News organization but Sun News Television. Left out in the cold, even Sun News TV's founder, former Harper Communications flag Corey Tanike, when his own ship was sinking, when the writing was on the wall that Sun News TV was going down, what did he do? He flew to Vegas. He went to a gun show with his wife and with Sun News television host Faith Goldie and her boyfriend. And, you know, they shot some footage that was never used. It was billed as a business trip. And then they posted vacation pics on Facebook. Now that Sun News television is finished, Corey Tanike is now back working for the Conservative Party along with another former Sun News television executive. But the 200 other Sun News television employees, the producers, the hosts, most of them are still out of work. I've been hearing from them. I've been hearing from former Sun staffers for weeks, and I've reached out to a couple of them to see if they would come talk about all of this. Adrian Batra and Alex Pearson are former Sun News television hosts, and they'll be with me in a minute. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Jay Bulkert, Angelica Milosnikov, Charles Demers, Nancy Wood, Gail, Moira Farr, Greta, Wilma Alexander, Nina, Andrew Nurse, and Dylan Neald. Dylan, why did you decide to be awesome? There are so few outlets in Canada covering what I think are really important stories, especially with regulatory issues. You wouldn't hear a lot of this stuff anywhere else. Thanks to supporters like Dylan, Canada Land hit a major milestone last week. $10,000 a month in crowdfunded support. We will now become a micro-news organization and a podcast network. Thank you. Very soon, we will be leveling up to daily news stories on the website, and I will soon be announcing on this show the hosts of our upcoming weekly politics show. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars and I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does 
BetterHelp. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. And this episode is also brought to you by Canada Land's original sponsor, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting at FreshBooks.com. It is the easy-to-use invoicing solution designed for small business owners. People like Karen Hogg. Karen's an entrepreneur who's working on a tech platform for charities. She works with a lot of small organizations, and I asked her what she likes best about FreshBooks. Oh, their customer service is just outstanding. You know, I phoned them, and uh, the person on the other end of the line knew their stuff, could help me right away. Where they excel is in their simplification and talking a language that people can understand. FreshBooks is for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and small businesses that have better things to do with their time than sending and managing invoices. You can try it for free for 30 days when you tell them that Canada Land sent you. Go to FreshBooks.com for cloud accounting. The production, the production values were terrible. Look, when I walked in and I was interviewing and they brought me in to show me around, it was like state of the art. And after you've worked in a place like City TV where it truly is kind of like enormous or you've worked at Global where green screens and light, like it's – I walked in and went, are you building it still? Like where's the state of the art? I mean these were not necessarily TV people building it. So it never really uh, came to what it should be. But the content itself and the story ideas – were way bigger yeah. than I ever experienced. And from my perspective, I mean, I came from the paper and I came over to the TV side and I, I, I didn't have any concept. You know, I've done a number <laughs> of TV appearances, you know, on various things, on commentary on something or other, but I didn't know really what to expect as far as, you know, the, the best cameras and, and, and yeah. the lighting. And I, in 1960, I care, in 1960, but... those would have been fantastic yes. production values. It's not even just production values. There was this, like, WKRP vibe where I, I came in, like, there's security. You can't get in unless you're buzzed in. And the receptionist, yeah. like, wouldn't well, be there. That, wasn't, that was not every day. And I, I would be knocking, you know, <laughs> yeah. to get for the receptionist. And then, but... you know, makeup would be confused. Just, and everyone was friendly. It was and it was not as stage managed as when I've done CBC. <laughs> it was just like, let's just roll this on. You can say whatever you want. We got to fill the time. Live TV. Let's have a conversation. And there was more of a willingness. And I'll say this to your credit. There was more of a willingness to try things out and you were happy to be disagreed with on the Mm -hmm. air. And I appreciated that about Sun. It doesn't horrify me that there's a TV station where people disagree with me. Then that should be the case. But it right? should be, yeah. I mean, there should be more discourse rather than everybody Who wants to watch people who agree? One automatic position that seems to be the, the politically correct one or the more comfortable one. I mean, yeah. we did things that were were not easy. And no. we, we pushed, maybe some pushed more than they should have or whatever the case may be. And I, I just think that there was, um, you know, that vibe you talk about, it, it was a joy to come and, and have that much excitement every day. And and I suspect that so for many of our colleagues that we used to work with at Sun News that have now gone on to other newsrooms, if I talk to them in, in six months' time, they will reminisce and talk about how much fun it was. And what they could the, say and what they can't say. You know, I had to really kind of step up into what we were doing at Sun because there were no limitations. Yeah. I was coming from, you know, 17 years of news background where there's so many rules and limitations and lines that you couldn't cross. 
And they were saying, no, no, this is how we talk. There are no limits here other than obviously you can't libel and do all these things. There was there was this understanding you couldn't do that. But they really said like if it's, you know, radical Islam, j- just call it what it is. If it's a shooting gallery, it's mm-hmm. a heroin shooting gallery where they're shooting people up at these, you know, let's not sanitize the reality. You know, there's all kinds of stuff in there that I think is just good fodder for like a debate about those terms that I would rather have the debate than shut down terms and not use them. But we can't just brush aside Ezra Levant when he would call the Trudeau's sluts (laughs) or when he would go on. And this was, I think, the the worst of it. It was was not something he should have said. The rant about the Roma people was, I mean, I've just never seen anything like that, such a sustained racist speech. You have to accept that that is going to color people's perceptions of what you're doing there. Not everybody was a lightning rod in that newsroom. There were definitely personalities at Sun that, you know, whatever happened to the 199 people Behind the scenes, no matter how hard it was for them, one person, uh, we all got painted with the same brush. We're talking about Ezra. Well, yeah. Look, he was the most vocal person there. If you take the worst thing that's ever been said on the CBC and then say to everybody else at the CBC, how dare you work here anymore? Mm-hmm. I think and that's not fair. And yet Ezra was always an exaggeration of what I think a lot of people thought Sun was like all the time. He was well, because that's what everybody identified Sun with. Yeah. And that was part of the challenge, right, for someone like myself or Alex or – uh, uh, other hosts there is yeah. everything became about that one big issue for for that week and look would I, that piss you off would you say, stop doing that you're not helping us I mean I think he thought he was helping in in you know penetrating the the bigger news cycle and getting Sun talked I'll be about. honest with you it I, we were I for me I was just so focused on doing my two hours doing the best that um, I felt I could and and putting out some proper thoughtful debate on all sorts of issues of the day uh, without frankly worrying about what was going on on the other side. And we didn't have did, time though. Yeah. Like uh, look, I did not You had have, a lot of space to fill. Well, I had a lot of space to fill and, yeah. and I had an early shift. I had no bodies to help me. It's not like I had t- a team of 10. Yeah. yeah. It was me, a producer and like two very junior people cutting and booking guests. And by the way, booking guests was very difficult because for those people who had a lot to say about us, we were more than happy to have them come on and say it to us. But a lot of people wouldn't come on yeah. because so-and-so said it wasn't cool or your friend told you don't go there. So well, then it's easier to bash us on Twitter sure. rather I mean, than actually come face-to-face and say something that we may disagree with. Right. That's I was why, happy if you disagreed with me. I was absolutely happy to have dissenting voices. That's why on. I loved uh, my friend Justin Lin coming on. And he, now he's with Vice now. He, yeah. wrote, he wrote a really, I think, thoughtful piece about, you know, the postmortem on Sun News and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But, you know, I would... Uh, I mean, even for myself, I always would say to some of my colleagues, I'm so off brand on certain files when it comes to Sun News. But but I could be. And I was a lot. And they had no issues with that. There was a cognitive distance because I think within the building and within the media, you guys were underdogs. But you were presenting conservative points of view. Mm-hmm. And we have had conservative government after conservative government. And, and you know, Corey's ties to Harper. Yeah, funny. We couldn't get Harper on the network. I've never even right. met the man. I've never even stood in the same room as Stephen Harper other than like... Like a scrum at some plant somewhere. I mean, That's we weird. couldn't get these people on because there was such a no, like there was such an unspoken, you know, uh, we were the pariahs. Yeah. What, what's that about? I mean, uh, to people who think that Sun was ridiculous. the voice box of the conservative party and yet the conservative party won't appear on Sun. So it was, it was hard for people to take you seriously as underdogs when they saw you as providing 
support and uh, yeah, a mainstream point of view. Well, I mean, I was I was able to get uh, you know I had a few conservative cabinet ministers you on, mean like Jason Kenney and, and well, and James I Moore at point. Kelly Leach came on with yeah. me, you know, right at the height of the whole Gian Gomeshi fiasco as that was unfolding, and and Justin Trudeau, Bob Ray. I mean, in the early days, they were coming on. Well, and and if, even if you look at one of to me one of the best primetime shows that we had, and I think there is a, a big dearth for it, is was David Aiken's show Battleground. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I was I had the privilege of co-host uh, filling in for David a couple of times and that is where you could actually get NDP liberal poly- MPs uh, from the Hill coming on the show to talk about their issues because we seem to be the only one that was prepared to talk about this little random riding association or their issue that they were having. Whereas the government of the day happens to be the conservative, they would shy away only because I think part of it was they were of the view Whatever you say on there, it's going to get blown up so much. So we'd rather, you know, you just sort of, you know, keep to stick to your talking points and go on, you know, sort of the CTVs or the C- CBCs and and not, um, you know, be inflammatory on Sun News because, you know, a host might push you to say something or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the, I think that even if the guest doesn't say something, if the host says something extreme and the guest isn't prepared to, like, you know, qualify it mm-hmm. and you're doing all this, you're taking that risk. And meanwhile, the numbers are so low. I think that people were like weighing the, the pros and cons. But the online, like we had numbers because everyone seemed to know who everyone was. Now, our I mean, online numbers were our online numbers were huge. Yeah, Three hundred thousand like, people watching clips. It was just so. Is the medium the problem? I mean, I think that the, it's possible that the cable news thing. I mean, you guys were trying to get in on. There's an irony here. Mm-hmm. You were trying to get in on the inside track of a CRTC scheme that I think that Sun News's political philosophy would be absolutely against, which I'm completely against. It's, you know, the mandatory carriage thing is just a free ride to make millions, whether or not people want to watch you or not. And I think that you kind of had a bit of a sore loser attitude, which is like, well, everybody else benefits from this, so why can't we? You're right that it was not fair. And yet the Sun News ideological consistency would be nobody should get this. Well, here's the thing. On the phone calls of the day of our closure that I got from my friends in the mainstream media, the number one overriding theme was, you know, we're not cheering because we know we're next. There's no one in our business today that is actually reveling in the loss of sun because everyone in conventional news knows that the 6 o'clock newscast is is dying. Not because it's not, you know, good that they don't do a good job or work hard, but because people's watching patterns have changed. And so everyone knows now that they can go to the internet or the Google machine and get their news that way. And so rushing home to sit with your family watching the six o'clock news, that's gone. Yeah, it's a very It's not gonna be around for much longer. Very different world now. Yeah, and I I would agree with that. Like I've been at the paper long enough to be to have gone through too many layoffs. And so it's it's very hard for me to get my mind wrapped around the fact that people would be championing the the loss of nearly 200 jobs in, in the media world. Like, I mean, I still come back to the this idea that we are sort of this small little family in this world, and it's a shrinking one. You kind of have to look out for each other. But there is an idea out there where, you know, things like that you're doing, for example, Jesse, that is, you know, changing the way, very much evolving how the the larger corporations of the so-called mainstream media need to think about doing things. Mm-hmm. And I am, you know, it's unfortunate that Sun never got to that point. Um, but we had a significant online presence that 
people really enjoyed watching the clips, the the Twitter account. All of those things had a really uh, high presence. Should it have been online from the start? I mean, the rebel seems to be. And that's, that's, I think, part of where this discussion is going is would something like that have been far more effective in just a simply streamed version online? But I was thinking that way back when I anchored CP24. I always wondered, why aren't we just putting this online? Mm -hmm. To me, it would make so much more sense. And I'm not sure why newsrooms just aren't streaming these things. I mean, you know, in the States, there are a number of online news publications, the outsider, so to speak, the Blaze or or Breitbart. You know, it was Andrew Breitbart who fought the mainstream and it was his one huge uh, story that he did uh, on a government agency exposing it that made it impossible for the mainstream to ignore him, and therefore he had, uh, you know, before his death, he grew um, his audience to huge Drudge, numbers. too. I mean, the, the, Drudge, the, the sure. birth of, of online them. journalism was from the conservative. Yeah. I mean, conservatives in the States have always done well with neglected and derided media forms, be it talk radio or yeah. the early days of the web, not going for that slick prime time thing and building huge grassroots support. Mm-hmm. But then it was always, I mean, that really, you know, the fact that it happened in the Clinton era when it had that underdog feeling, the dynamics were totally reversed here. You were doing a, uh, not a web thing, you know, or a talk radio thing, but a TV thing and with Harper in power and the dynamics weren't the same. Sun really was molded in the image of Fox in its in its visuals as well. And, and you know, the production values might not have been the same, but the aspirations were such. And I I want to ask you about this, and maybe I'll get you to try to describe it because I could get into trouble if I get it wrong. <laughs> we could too. How would you describe the difference from the viewer's point of view watching Sun News Television, watching male anchors like Ezra Levant and Michael Corrin uh, and Jerry Agar, and when they would see female on-air talent like yourselves? What, what would like? What would strike? What are you trying to suggest? <laughs> are you going to make? Are you make well, me? I'm, I'm, son, you don't. You will not offend uh, us. Yeah, okay? I, I, I am going to make you. What yeah. are you trying to suggest? Well, okay, you're way better looking than the men on the air. You're in general much younger than the men on the air. Oh, thank uh, you. Really? I'm 41. I'm 43. Thank you. <laughs> well, how, how old is Michael Corn? How old was your co-host? I forget the gentleman's name. No, Pat Bone. But that was two years ago when we were co-anchoring. That was a long time ago, and then I went solo. Are you going to deny that this is true? The, no, the, the but, men are dressed for like a business meeting and the women were often dressed for like well, a cocktail okay, party. Okay, but when did you so have I to never dress was. frumpy? No, you weren't. But, never. But, and uh, I wore, ever. Like, I, I, I just, I, I'm Faith not. Faith Goldie and Krista Erickson often were. I wore, hey, I that wore nice thing. dresses too, but not hold mine. on a second. When did you have to dress like a librarian to do the news? I mean, does a, a, I mean, look, why would I wear like a, a, a sack, a potato sack to be on air to be credible? You can be sexy and good-looking and still be really smart, right. which is what all of our commentators were. Sexy and good-looking? But and I dress, uh, By the way, I dressed— which, which of the men on Sundays were sexy you're, and good-looking? You're forgetting the smart part. You're focusing on the women. That's what you're focused on right now. But I also you're suggesting dress, that— I dress the exact same way, by the way, because City TV broke the mold. Yeah. Everyone at City TV was a bombshell. All of them were sexy, sophisticated women, and the guys were cool, too. But on Why Sun, the men were, I've never seen a man not wearing a suit. Well, you did, because Ezra Levant had no shirt on for one of his episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's think true. you want to see him again without one on. <laughs> there was something different. Well, the, look, the, the we were called dynamics. skanks within a week. And, yeah. and by the way, we were called skanks by other women, Yeah. which to me was dumbfounding. I could never wear a jacket without sleeves because I'm just not 
in good shape. <laughs> so I never would. But that's not my style anyway. I think anyway. it's possible for me to agree with you. I can agree with you that there's no reason why a woman should have to wear a potato sack on the news <laughs> and that why can't she be sexy and good looking and be smart. But we can simultaneously recognize that mm. there was a complete double standard in the way that the men presented themselves on Sun News and, and the, way, the way that the women did. It wasn't from lack of trying to get, you know, sexy men on TV. I'm not, I, I don't. Well, honestly, I, what would a guy wear, like, honestly, other than a suit, what would a guy what would wear you suggest on the newscast? He do? Like, would he be wearing an undershirt? What would you like him a to wear? Beater? For me to be able to put on a nice dress and show my very toned arms. She's very toned. It shouldn't matter because I've earned my awards. Yeah. I have them. I've got the trophies. I've earned my credentials. And it doesn't it shouldn't matter how I think I you think that I'm challenging no, your no, credibility no. and I'm no, not. No, no, but I think a lot of people assume that we were kind of just dumb, but we were pretty. And we weren't. I mean, everyone on that station on air on the female side, had credentials. Yeah. Yeah, as a significant like smart, background. smart women. Yeah. We, which aren't being challenged now. I'm just wondering if it's just impossible for us to talk about that there was a conscious effort for the women to look a certain way on that show. I don't know if there was. Well, if I, that was the case, Jesse, they wouldn't have hired me. Where was the 60-year-old, like, woman? Not, there was, was There, there was <laughs> well, no one. There was an age limit to the women. Well, who Margaret Atwood was not going to come work for us. I mean, no, but you're, but you're talking specifically about online, uh, on-air commentary, uh, commentators. We had a lot of Older women, I would sure. say, that came on, for, certainly on my show. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking specifically yeah. about the people who were hosting, who were the faces of Sun News TV. There were men who were over a certain age. There were yeah, not women I, over a certain age. Well, I can't answer I, that. I can't other, answer other that either. I mean, maybe somebody, I am of a, a woman of a certain age, and maybe I, I don't, don't know that they hired me because I dressed <laughs> or looked a certain way. I think I was quite the opposite, I was actually. never put. By the way, I was never made to feel, and I don't think any of the women yeah. there were ever made to feel that we had to dress. I was never told what to wear or not to wear, ever. I'll, I, will, I, was, I never felt – I was more conscious of how I looked at the other stations than I was at this one. I was hopeful that you might have some insight into it. Um, uh, I'll offer a theory because you're not. I, I okay. think that there was uh, s- some kind of philosophy from the people making the decisions about what the station should look like that you'll get more viewers if all the women are really attractive. On, you know, and then that, that, that will pull in eyeballs, and it, it's not important with the men. And I, I think that that's, that's in play at CBC News Network as well, but I think that it was more pronounced at some. I just don't, I don't think it hurts, right, if you have an attractive, intelligent woman who is able to talk about the, the major important world issues of the day. It, just, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt that she may be particularly uh, appealing to the eye. Do I know if there was a conscious effort? The short answer is no, I do not. Right. Maybe conservatives heard. just have... Pretty women. I'm just. I'm kidding. I know people go. They're going to hear that and they're going to be like, "Oh, that's the one thing they're going to focus <laughs> on." Women are better with? looking. Were you concerned because Chris? Uh, I want to pronounce her correctly. Kayanotis, uh One of your colleagues. Oh, Chris Kayanodi. Not- yeah, he. Uh, no, no. We had lots of liberals at work. My, How many, okay, so my Chris, producer was a gay liberal. So, <laughs> yeah. okay, so let's talk about that because Chris wrote a piece in Now Magazine. And by the way, one of our best pundits was a gay artistic. Conservative. Like, there was no, I'm a conservative, I'm a libertarian. Yeah. I'm, I'm socially pro-choice to a degree. I'd like to see some changes, but I'm pro-choice. I, I'm okay with legalizing or, or decriminalizing marijuana. Um, socially, uh, there will be a lot of conservatives who would hate me. I'm not religious in any form of the word. Was the majority of your organization secretly liberal? No. I don't Ooh. think so. 
I don't think no. so. I mean, we had quite a cast of characters that would come through as as far as, you know, producers and chasers and, and you know, associates and things like that. Chris wrote a piece in, in the, for Now magazine, of all places, about yep. being a lefty ex-CBCer who was sort of like a crypto lefty in mm-hmm. the newsroom at Sun and how there were lots of them. There were. Oh, sure, there were. Absolutely. But what was not really interesting, and this sort of goes back to sort of the beginning of our discussion, was what it was like in that in that room, you know, what it was like. Where We, were, we all sort of felt like... It was this what all an uphill battle, and we were in it together. Yeah. You know, regardless of of the detractors and those who didn't like us, put a lot of for for our junior staff or, or for those that were not on air. You know, putting whatever personal philosophical view they may have aside, we're able to still put together a, a beautiful show with great guests and great talkers that that fit to what the host wanted to do. So there were plenty of people around there who didn't agree with what the quantum uh, they just I wanted was to saying be or what in Alex TV. was saying or what Jerry yeah. was saying or certainly what Esther yeah. was saying, but. It was – they were happy to be part of something that was unique and different and hiring. And keep in fun. mind – keep in mind a lot of the people – and I was there from day one where like really from the day it launched, there were a lot of people that were in TV who had lost their jobs from CTV or City TV in layoffs. And here comes this little network um, that offered them a third chance or second chance in yeah. the business that they just really wanted to be a part oh, of. There's nothing more fun than being in, in on the ground floor of something. It was I, – I honestly uh, – we had a very tight-knit family, mm-hmm. a lot of really young people. It, it was it, it was a family. Let's talk about those young family members who lost their jobs yeah. because mm-hmm. I've been getting a lot of information from a lot of them saying that it was really not fair, the circumstances uh, with which they were let go, that the severance was uh, absolutely not generous, and that there was a wild disparity well, I between think it, how different people were treated look, there. Look, it depends if you were a contract. I was an employee for four years. Yeah. So obviously my severance would be different than someone who was brought in as a contract player. I'm sure there are. Um, some who who may have particular issues, but I think some are. I think some people are a little bit naive as to how shutdowns take place. I think everyone mm-hmm. really believed who were young, saying, "Why weren't we notified? Why didn't anyone give us warning?" Because that's just in the real world when a company shuts down, you don't get warned. We I were, warned you. You warned me. No, there was writing on the wall. Was that the, when, when Canada Land announced that? Uh, no, we, no, we knew. Did you know before that? No, we, there was there, there was rumblings. There a lot of the rank and file said that that was the first that they'd ever heard of it. Well, I, 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 I'm not sure who you're talking to because we have a lot of people like every other newsroom where some people had been there for a very short period of time. They felt very emotionally invested in the place. And when that is taken away from them, they lash out. Yeah. Um, and that part of it is that is is uh, lack of experience, naivete, age, and, and all of those things. Perhaps those are some of those those people whom you're talking to. I don't know. But what I will say is it's not the way I would have run the railroad. It's not how I would have personally handled things. Um, how management but, handled things is not how you would have handled well, things. No, hold on. Let's keep in mind, I, when we found out, like, look, I found out on Twitter from Robert Fight. Yeah, that's, I mean, I I mean, just that's not my how show, I would have dealt with it. But how yeah. else would they do it? Because no one would have shown up. But let me tell you, when we got there the next day, and the company was shutting down. Everybody was there. We weren't let in and kicked out no. with a box in our hand like happens with most. Out. Nothing. Yeah. We were there allowed to, get to hang stuff. around. We were allowed to say goodbye for a good five or six I hours. Think, I think you and I had our first cocktail at 7.30 a.m. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> it, it wasn't a party by all means. But right. it was a, we had a chance to send out emails and say goodbye. Can, you, can we talk about this one thing that I think stuck in some people's craw, this trip that Corey Tanaki took with his wife and – with Faith Goldie and her boyfriend, where they all went to Las Vegas. 
the, the optics of it, even if he still was holding out hope that things might have been saved, it's a lot of money to spend on a fun trip to Vegas for footage that ultimately was never even used, while other people ended up with two weeks severance. I don't know much about it. I know that um, like going down to do a feature on, I think it was a gun story. I mean, the, a lot of those things are set up ahead of time. They went to a time. gun show. Yeah, I, I honestly can't t- say much about it. Adrian, you, you've been sort of shaking your head as I was saying this. Can you talk about it? I, I, I don't really know other than I'd heard from a couple of gals in the newsroom came over and said, what's this trip to Vegas all about? And I... I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not going to Vegas. I, I knew that. I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't aware. And then I'd heard some rumblings in amongst others that exactly what you're what you're suggesting that there was some question mark about why would you be doing something like that at a time. Look, I I am I'm not going to rationalize it or justify it. There. It's a question you can ask Corey tonight. Uh, Corey's a friend. Corey gave me an opportunity uh, to do something pretty extraordinary, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. He was fighting this battle for many years before I came on board. So far be it for me to judge what was going on um, in, in that decision-making process. Yeah, I mean, there are a hundred stories that you'll hear. Um, but I have to say, uh, we were treated pretty well. I mean, we were, we were treated pretty well. And it would be hard. I think it would be disingenuous of me if I turned around now all of a sudden and said, well, yeah, I mean, look at that. There's pictures and there's this and that. I mean, it would But you're always going to get those people that say that because they would view, you know, a, this isolated incident of a trip and, you know, however much that would have cost but I, and it, saying that's somehow going to save the network. Like yeah. that, that's where I think you're getting some of that. I don't think anyone's saying it would have saved the network. I think, I think the people are saying that they're it's, correlating it's, it's it, in terribly bad taste and it's, it's a symbolic of what might have saved the network. <laughs> I think you've probably heard the same things that not just Corey, but a lot of upper management had real golden parachutes. There wasn't Where's that the, much upper management. I, I, we were not some large organization where there's upper management. Yeah, like, like there's just not as there, big this, this was documented to some extent that that a eleventh hour sale to Moses Nimer or somebody else might have been possible had it not been for some of the generous severance packages that were owed. Is, is this news I, to you? I, well, no, I read the story as well. At, at the end of the day, we had heard as many as I had heard, as many as three companies were going to buy us. I mean, the day before we, uh, I, I read Robert Fife's tweet, I was truly under the impression that a white knight was coming. I thought it was Moses Neimer. I would have been happy with that because I worked for him. Um, and I know he could have probably done something pretty great with the station. But then I started hearing that other networks were looking to buy us. There were rumors that maybe Global would take over our 24-hour station. No one really knew what the negotiations were. All I know is the plug was pulled pretty quickly. And I think that goes beyond Corey Tonight. I think that's something you'd have to ask. PK, that actually Pierre goes Carl to Pelado. I mean, that's Our, a Quebecer decision. Uh, this is the most I can say about it. My understanding was from the get-go, whatever discussions and negotiations, were, negotiations that were going on were purely being handled by Quebecois. Yeah. And that there was no discussion f- uh, um, that they were even par- privy to from from the Sun News side. So it was it was all them uh, from, a, from a corporate level. That's how it, I, my understanding of it was. You know, I think if you were, you know, had your eyes open – you would have known that that there was a real possibility we weren't going to make it. Yeah. And it's That's unfortunate. Every, mean, everyone saw it coming. Well, I, I don't know if everybody saw it coming, but I think there's a fair 
majority of those that were there on a daily yeah. basis that understood. It was a real This risk. is this, you know, every day that we're, we remain open is, you know, enjoy it. It's a gift because it could be literally shut down tomorrow. And that's basically what happened. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of amazing how quickly Ezra was up and running with a pretty slickly produced website and, and uh, that, you know, people are funding it. Absolutely. He, because it just – it does go to show that there is a desire to have another perspective. And, yeah. and look, I mean he's a brand. He's a firebrand. No question about that. And he knows that. Yeah. So it makes sense for him to sort of capitalize on that void I- immediately. And from what I see, they're doing very well and with I'm like very no excited resources. for them. With I, 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 yeah. Adrian, uh, working with Rob Ford, working with Ezra Levant. <laughs> <laughs> Which would I pick? Yeah. It'd be a good talk show, though. Oh, boy. <laughs> do I have to pick? No. I, <laughs> do I have to pick just one? Ezra was at my wedding. Yeah. You know, he saw my baby when he was born. There's two sides to Ezra. A little bit shy, a little bit nerdy. I love Ezra. It's I don't a, agree with uh, with things he does, but I love Ezra. I think he's a lovely guy. I, I mean, i just glad I'm not on the other It's end. very different because I worked with Ezra. I worked for Rob. Um, and I suppose if... I, I, I think I would probably pick Ezra. If, if you were holding a gun to my head, I would have to pick Ezra because Rob's challenges were very difficult to clean up, as you can imagine. <laughs> what are you guys up to now? Well, I've got all sorts of things going on. Like, I've got a five-year-old son, so it's very nice that, uh, you know, I get to spend a little bit more time with him. Um, still running for the Toronto Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex and I are both commentators on Newstalk 1010, so we keep our days a bit busy with that. I, I'm trying to enjoy just whatever small time I may have off. Yeah, and I've got a two-year-old, so I finally get to wake up with him. Like, it's really weird to see him run into my room first thing in the morning, so that's kind of nice. But, like, I can't see myself going out to do uh, the latest snowstorm or which backpacks to buy for back to school. That's just not where I'm at. I I have to be selective. I will be with whatever comes in the next uh, few weeks, hopefully something. (laughs) And uh, we'll... Or we'll be bartending. Yeah, we could be your next Starbucks barista. (laughs) That is your Canada Land Show. I hope you enjoyed it. You can always email me at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I'm on Twitter at jessebrown. The website is canadalandshow.com and the crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. I make this show with help from Katie Jensen and the next episode of Canada Land Shortcuts will be up on Thursday. If you like this show, support it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman. 
found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.